Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process. From design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com. Welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radios, in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth music, whatever your communications might be, Rugged is always there to help you out to find the right product for your machine. It is the holidays, so stuff your stockings with Rugged Radio equipment. Rugged Radio is the authority in communication. So it's the beginning of winter here in Minnesota, but for other parts of the country, riding season is in full swing, especially in the southwest part of the country. Dune Desert, you name it, this is the time to ride. And with that in mind, joining me today is Justin Smith, the owner of Shock Therapy. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jared. It's really a pleasure to be here and uh, looking forward to talking about all kinds of stuff that everybody would like to know, specifically about you, maybe <laughs> secrets that I learned oh, while you were man. here during the oh, shooting. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So we had a Project X build with you guys. Uh, this How long ago was that now? It wasn't too long, but it was spring time? Well, I... I think it probably came out um, somewhere in uh, June-ish, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was this past spring. It was a perfect time to be in Arizona, by the way. Springtime is awesome there. Not too hot. Yeah, too you know, cool. we're, we're pretty blessed with, with, with uh, weather around here. If it's, if it's not hot, then it's perfect. Right. Now, you were just saying before we started the podcast that you were just out testing earlier today. And I know you mentioned when we were out there, you guys do a lot of testing. What were you guys out speaking of top secret? What were you guys out there doing today? It's funny that you say secret. I, I might have to kill you if I tell you about it, but I will hint. Um, I'll give you a couple things you can infer from there. Um, a lot of new products that we're working on right now, um, electronic computer controlled things that are, are beyond shocks. And uh, when this stuff comes out, which will be middle of next year, um, we're really gonna see a giant change and shift in the industry when it comes to UTV into uh, the modern age. It's going to be badass. It feels like uh, when, it was a couple of years ago now that Polaris came out with their Dynamics system and it, things started to go, like you said, more electronically. And even when we were doing the Project X build with you, that you were hinting at that kind of stuff and talking about it. That's the evolution of where shocks are going. You know, um, Dynamics was probably a game changer at the time, but keep in mind, when they dropped Dynamics in 18 or 19-ish, right? Yeah. That that stuff was developed five years prior. So if, if you think about how far we could have gone um, between Dynamics in 18 or 19 and the new Pro-R, for instance, or Smart Shocks in a Can-Am or any of the other manufacturers that are now kind of jumping on the, the train that Polaris kind of pioneered, the 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 direction that things are going are so much more intelligent, um, high speed, um, um, more, I hate to say algorithmic, but you know, all the engineers like to talk about algorithms and, and how that can affect or, or manipulate what sensors are telling the computer to do. And you know, that direction you can see in a pro R right now, it's by far, uh, I mean, I, and I'm, I don't mean just by a little bit, but on drastic leaps and bounds better from a suspension handling and, and ride quality standpoint than any other UTV that's on the market. And probably two or three times better than any of the dynamics prior to it. Just keep in mind what you see in a Pro-R is five years old. So what we're working on now is light years ahead and you're gonna see some really amazing stuff. I mean, you know, smart systems that are gonna know where you're going before you get there. Well, let's let's dive right into it, Justin, since we're already talking about it. Why don't, why don't you first give people a little bit of background about shock therapy, when you guys started, uh, where you came from, because that's, that's such a great story, and kind of where you guys are at now. 
You know, um, for for most of my life, I've been involved in some sort of off-road or fast um, fun thing. I could just never figure out a way to make money at, at things that were fun until we really concentrated on shocks. And, and prior to that, you know, we're, we're, we're racing off-road and building pre-runners and sand cars and all kinds of fun stuff. But um, once UTVs came around and grew up past an 800 to a 900 and all of a sudden the XP1000 came out, we kind of found our niche and we were able to improve the ride quality in a 1000 um, to fit the rider's needs. And we, we were busier than we could possibly uh, imagine. And this was just in, our, in my three car garage at my house. So not that we're to the level of Apple or Microsoft or a whole bunch of other people that started in their garage, but um, the truth is that we were in our garage, started there and, and grew up to where we are now. And, and that three car garage turned into a detach and turned into a shop and turned into multiple shops. And, and now we're connected with Fox uh, in a major way so that we can develop new products faster with better technology and, and with the assistance of 167 engineers on the Fox payroll. So our goal ultimately is to further the UTV industry um, from a suspension standpoint. And if we can make things ride better, uh, if we can make them smoother, faster, safer, and, um, and now even more intelligent, that's really our goal now that we've got you know, 100 employees and 60,000 feet. Yeah, what, what initially, Justin, sort of steered you in that direction of like, hey, I want to make my ride smoother <clears throat> or handle better? Um, you know, between, between the race cars and the pre-runners and the sand cars, you know, my wife and I were always in something um, together. And then uh, tragically, we were in a, a boating accident and she broke her back. And after that, you know, a couple feet of titanium and, uh, and some rehabilitation later, she wasn't able to ride like we were before. She couldn't get in the UTVs and, and pull off a couple hours, much, much less a couple of minutes. And so that was kind of the goal. We, we took kind of what we knew from all of those previous things and made the ride quality better in a UTV where she could actually ride for a couple hours at a time and get back to what we used to do. And it just so turned out that a lot of other people wanted that same thing, and uh, it blossomed to where we are now. But it didn't happen overnight. <laughs> I mean, this, goes, this goes back how many years where you did you guys were in that garage and countless hours and long nights and things like that. You know, um, you know, we were working on sand cars and, and pre runners and race cars with you know shocks and mines since 1998, but. Um, you know, strictly shocks and UTVs. We, uh, we incorporated the company in 2014 and uh, grew it from that point to here, which I think a lot of people would probably consider pretty quick, but there was a lot of, a lot of history before that and a lot of um, knowledge and a school of hard knocks that led up to the ability to do it. I believe it. I believe it. Now, uh, we got a firsthand, uh, you know, deep dive into shock therapy when we were there for a better part of a week. Walk me through what you guys do at shock therapy, because as the discussion often when it is around shocks, people are, I don't know what to do. <laughs> they're, they're, right. right. You know, they're just like, I'm not sure what to do. I'm afraid I'm going to break it or wreck it or ruin my ride. If I touch these things. Yeah. I mean, shocks like for the, mo for, for, for the, Majority of people, a shock is this magic black box. You don't know what, what goes on in there and it doesn't, you know, everybody's kind of scared to touch it and ruin it, right? Uh, just like you said. And, but everybody kind of wants the same thing. I mean, unless you're full tilt racer, uh, which we do work for uh, from time to time, you're, you're the average guy that wants to go out and play, right? You want that UTV to ride as plush, as smooth as possible. You don't want to fee feel any rocks. You don't want to feel chop, chatter. If you're back east, you don't want to feel you know, roots and shale and anything that's just going to abuse you. And, and let's be honest, Jared, you know that if the wife's not happy, then nobody's happy. And she needs to be in, in the right seat or the left seat if she's driving and smooth, right? Yep. You know, you don't want abusive anything. So 
our goal in short is to make the ride quality as best as it possibly can from a smooth standpoint, not feeling any of that small chop and chatter, but at the same time, improving the bottom out resistance so you can still jump the thing and not bottom it out and hurt yourself. And if you can do both, then your UTV becomes so much more capable, um, your driving abilities become much better, and you know your fun factor goes through the roof. And um, in, in the middle of tuning those things, as we drive faster and we drive harder, we find weak spots. And we immediately build parts to fix those weak spots. You know, Polaris does a badass job on their engineering. And for what the UTVs are intended to do, they're awesome. But as soon as you drive them 30% faster, harder all the time, they're not intended to go there. And we design parts that will hold up to the abuse when you're able to drive that hard and uh, keep them safe and keep people happy and keep their dune trips or their mountain trips or their trail rides um, solid from start to finish without any breakage. And it's worked out really well for us to have a package um, of components that, that fit the shock tuning that fits the driver. So walk me through the process. I've got my Polaris Razor 1000 <clears throat> and I want some better shocks. I call you guys up. What do I do? So it's it's pretty straightforward with us. Um, you're you're going to go ahead and either talk to one of our phone guys, uh, our techs, and they're going to walk you through the process. Or if you're online, you can fill out our questionnaire on the website. But both of them will arrive at the same place. You're going to let us know, you know, how much you weigh, how much your passengers weigh. If you're going to run with two people or four people. Um, how many the accessories you have on your vehicle. You're going to give us a detailed list of spare tires and winches and stereos and seats and uh, tire size, the style of driving that you're, you're going to give or how you drive. And, and as a side note, when we ask people how hard they drive, every single one of them typically tells us that the fastest guy in the group, they drive like <laughs> Robbie Gordon, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I do the remember you guy. tell me, though, like, it, like your list of questions was probably over 50 questions, which you're like, wow, why so many questions? But that's you guys want to know every single detail and aspect uh, about your writing so you can tune the shocks specifically to that. Exactly. Um, I'm just giving you 10 or 15 of the 50 questions, but we, we, we do a deep dive into those details. And, and the reason is it's, it's super important on how you set it up. And I'll give you just one real simple aspect. If we say, hey, you have a spare tire, well, it matters whether you have the spare tire on the roof, in the bed, or hanging off the back bumper, because that would change the spring rates for the rear and change the valving for the back so it doesn't bottom out or it doesn't have too much body roll or whatever the change in driving style would be. We need to know those details and it's all listed on, on our questionnaire so that we can give that customer the best ride quality for exactly what they have in accessories, exactly how they like to drive and exactly where they drive. So when it's all said and done, it might not just be shocks, Jared. It, it could be spring and shock I and mean, that's obvious but they might need a little bit more sway bar to stop some body roll. You know, they might need uh, a stronger rack and pinion to cover some other issues that might come about, you know, depending on what they have filled out. So we take all of those details and we really narrow it down to a specific setup that's gonna be spot on for them. And uh, that's really important because the, the factory setup has to be generic. I mean, they have to cover, you know, 90% of their customers mm -hmm. and they have to put it, you know, set it up right in the middle. Um, we're able to, to, to narrow that down one way or the other and make it specific to the driving needs of every customer. Now, uh, I don't live in Arizona and I can't bring my vehicle over to your shop. What do I do? Real easy, man. Um, we have a, a mail-in program, it's called Shock in a Box. And uh, as I said, when you're on the website filling out exactly what you have for details or talking with one of our phone reps, we will get you a appointment date. And that appointment date is a solid, does not move, in stone date. So if you're scheduled for the fifth, then you're gonna mail your shocks to us uh, so that they're here before the fifth. Say they show up on the fourth. 
We document that they've come in. We take pictures of everything that comes in and send it to you uh, via email so you know that your stuff came in. You know your stuff came in without any damage from UPS or whatever. And we do the work on the 5th and they ship out on the 5th. It's always the same day turnaround with our appointment scheduling. And that way you know when your car is gonna be down, when you wanna schedule your, um, your trips with your UTB. You realize, hey, my car's gonna be down for five days because I have an appointment this week. But you also know when you're gonna get it back. And you can put those shocks right back on and run the next trip and have the least amount of downtime. But that scheduling and the information you fill out allows us to dial it right in and then everybody's aware of how things are gonna go and exactly when it's gonna happen. And, and for those people who, who aren't familiar with shock therapy, Justin is super serious about how he <laughs> they handle their business internally in terms of scheduling those appointments and also the updates that the customer gets while the, the shocks are being worked on. It's not just like we get them to you and then we ship them back to you. You're getting updates constantly. Oh yeah, um, we you know we well, like I said when we started this you know we test every single day, and we don't ignore old cars. So XP one thousands, we we update the tune on that all the time. Uh, we just did came out with a new bypass tube tune for turbo R's or turbo S's, and um, so with with us it's an evolving thing that's constantly getting better when uh, we do the tuning work, and appointments and scheduling are super important because. For us, we want to make sure we have all the parts you need, all all of the um, work gets done the same day. And when you were here, um, one thing I, I think you mentioned is, you know, we have a ton of cars here every single day. Uh, we we probably do 20 vehicles a day. Um, half of them are dropped off, and half are in the mail. And uh, none of that stuff stays overnight. It's a completely cleaned out shop every single night because we we do those appointments the day we say we're going to do them. And we get them out when we say we're going to do it. It's it's very important to us and and very important to the customer. I feel that we we live up to what we say we're going to do, and we give them timing that they can rely on for their trips. Justin, what are the what's the most important thing people should know about their shocks, whether they're sending them to you or they're just adjusting them on their own at home? Wow, that is a really good question. There's so many things that are that are probably equally. <laughs> now I'm just going to be quiet for the next half an hour. Go and go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this might take a while. Um, so, you know, shocks are kind of a living thing. They're just like the engine in in, in your car. Um, your engine needs oil changes. It needs you know some maintenance. It can't just run for a hundred thousand miles and not and, and be ignored. And and shocks are exactly like that too. They need love, right? <laughs> and so it. If you can keep your maintenance up by keeping the shocks visibly clean, because if you're in the mud or you're in um, salty sand, like say Florida, you know those acoustic environments can really ruin some stuff if you have it stuck to the shock its whole life. So clean the shocks, stay up on them. We recommend in a play car that you do rebuilds between 2,500 and 3,500 miles. If you stay up on that, then every time we see the shocks and do the rebuild, you're gonna get the internal modifications and tuning that we constantly do every day to update them for free. So I'll just describe that one more time. If you did the shocks two years ago and we have three tunes that are superseding that tune we gave you, and you drop the shocks off for rebuild, we're gonna update it to the brand new best tune we have for free when you do the re rebuilds. And, and we do that for a couple of reasons. We want everybody to have the best ride, but we also want people to stay up on the maintenance of their shocks. You know, we, we're, we're teasing you to drop them off every 2,500 so that we can see them and make changes for the better and keep them working to their best possible level. And, you know, if you ignored your brakes for 50,000 miles and expected them to work all of a sudden when the pads are worn out, they're not gonna work very good, right? And so, same thing with shocks. You ignore them for a long time, they're not gonna work as good, and um, we want them to work the best they can, no matter what. No, we just had some folks on from Amsoil talking about, you know, winterizing or changing the oil or, you know, <coughs> making sure you take care of your vehicle, and shocks are no different. It's, it's very, very true. It's funny, you, you mentioned winterizing. We just had a couple conversations with some customers that were on the East Coast, at least, or at least where it's colder than it is here. Uh -huh. And you know they were wondering, well, why my shocks don't ride as good 
when I take off out of the house anymore. <laughs> and, and like, it's, it's easy, you know, shocks need to warm up just like the engine in your car. And you, you take off and the oil's 30 degrees and might take you an extra hour to warm them up to 120 or 30 or 180 degrees where they like to run. And they're gonna ride stiffer at that point. You know, environment makes big changes to how this stuff functions. And uh, a lot of things need to be considered whenever you're, uh, depending on where you're at and how you're driving. I just loved when you got, when you walked us through the place and showing us everything. It really was impressive at the attention to detail. Not only that, you know, you make those appointments and you guys stick with the 24-hour promise of your vehicle or your shocks come in and they're, they're in and out the same day, but all those little updates that uh, you know your your shocks arrived. We're currently working on them. They're in this process and little you know, quick little emails or, or text messages to the customers that said, hey, we're we're on your product, we've got it, and uh, you're gonna get it back real soon here. You know, there was a, there was a system that we had to go through. I, I, it's, almost, it's almost painful to talk about right now because it was years in development, but we worked with a subsidiary of Apple to write a program specifically for us that allows us to keep all of those tabs and customers up, up to date. And as you saw when you were here, every single shock tech, every single person on the phone, everybody in shipping, everybody that's installing parts on a car here at the shop has their own iPad. And that iPad is updating everything in real time. So when someone on the phone books a date for a customer, it is updated on the iPad and you can see it that that customer has this date in, in line for X amount of work. And then when, say for instance, those shocks are mailed to us, shipping receives the shocks and they open the box and they take pictures of all the shocks inside the box to prove and show that the shocks came in perfect. Or maybe UPS ran over them with a truck and they've got some damage to one of the end loops. Well, the guys in shipping take a picture of that and they can immediately email the customer from their iPad in shipping. Go, hey man, we got your shocks, everything's great. Or hey, we got your shocks, but we see here's the damage that we got from UPS. It looks like it needs an end loop. The end loop costs 30 bucks. Are you okay with that being done? And we can get an approval from the customer and, and them being completely up on exactly what's happened and what we're dealing with immediately so that before we even start the work we have an approval on the parts that need to be changed because of shipping and throughout the shock modification process we know exactly which tech did the work we know the, the valving that went into it we know the spring rates that went on it we know which tech installed uh, if the car was dropped off um, installed the radius rods or installed the rack or installed the shock on which corner and, and which tech actually approved the torque setting on the bolts and seconded uh, checked it you know all that stuff is listed. So if you call on your appointment date and go, hey, how's my car going? Well, the guy on the phone can look right there on that system and see that we're halfway through it, who's done the work, how much is being done, and tell that guy, uh, it, you know, your car looks like it's about halfway. It's gonna be done in about two hours. Come on over here at two o'clock. Or your, cars, your, your shocks are being done. Uh, all the parts are in line. It's in shipping. It'll ship out today. And when shipping gets that, package of shocks and components and sway bars and things that are going out, they box it and they leave the box open with the customer's name and the invoice number and take a picture. And they send that to the customer and let them know, here's everything coming to you. And shortly after that, when it's shipped out, they get a shipping confirmation. So real time, um, real time updates, real time documentation as to what we've done and uh, what's gonna happen has turned like our office hallway um, it changed it from a freeway of people running back and forth asking what's going on. <laughs> Silence, you know? Yeah. And, and the, the customers, you know, when they call and ask us a question about what's going on in progress, they're answered instantly. And that really makes it to where we can do the jobs the same day every time. And it makes for happy customers and it makes for really happy guys here in the shops that are running around with their head cut off. I, I believe it. I believe it. And, and I know we're kind of getting into the weeds here about internally what you guys do, but... I was so impressed when I was at Shock Therapy about how that works and how much detail that you guys put into making sure that the uh, customer is, is up to date and included on what's going on. Because, 
you know, quite honestly, it's not the the most uh, uh, inexpensive thing to do to to have your shocks done by shock therapy. But boy, what it does to your ride uh, is is uh, I don't know if you can put a dollar sign on that. Yeah, it's really hard for us to communicate that exact thing to people because most people don't understand how a shock works and how much better their ride quality could be. They they think, hey, um, it's the best it's going to be. I just bought this brand new UTV. It's the best I could ever ask for, right? And I, and I think it rides better than my truck, so that means it rides amazing. <laughs> well, they, they they don't understand how much more potential is in there. And for us to describe it, that's one thing. But you know what? Most people are going to go, well, they're just selling it. And, and, and honestly, we don't. We just describe what it does and, um, and let people understand on their own. But the, the difference between what you have and what it can be is drastic. It, it is a massive, massive change. And the best sales um, and media and advertising that we have as a company are our previous customers. For sure. We, we do one customer and he's got five friends that he rides with. And now all of a sudden he's faster than they are through the rough stuff. And they're like, whoa, 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 he didn't become a bet, you know, he's not Robbie Gordon. How did that happen? And you know, he used, that guy that's now the fastest used to be the slowest and all of his friends are like, how's that? And they swap cars. And they, and they trade out and drive each other's stuff. We get every single one of those guys in that group immediately after that riding trip. For sure. And so, honestly, the more that we do, the more work we get. And uh, it's very important to us that we stay up on the leading edge of the best possible tune for everyone, for every aspect of what they can do. And it is a lot of money. You know, you're going to six or seven, eight hundred dollars for spring kits and about the same for in shock internal work. And then the list of parts goes on and on. But when it comes to what the vehicle is capable of, 99% of our customers say it's the best money they've ever spent. You know, the horsepower side of it doesn't compare. The wheels and tires doesn't compare. Stereos, not even close. They wish that they would have done that ride improvement immediately before they did anything else. Interesting, interesting. Now, you can listen to this podcast and hear all these things, but you can also um, go to our Destination Polaris YouTube page and click on the Project X shock therapy episode. And uh, I have it up right now, and there's some comments in there about exactly from people saying the same thing. And from a few people that said, hey, I saw the vehicle sitting out front. Uh, we did a little something different on that build where you guys put uh, portals on it. And that's not something that you normally would see on a razor out in the desert. But your goal was to prove to people that you can run high speed with portals in the desert. Yeah, we, we one thing we get a lot of is um, we've got guys on the West Coast with a desert or dunes mentality, and then we've got guys on the East Coast, and they need, need they need ground clearance for mud and other stuff, and it's kind of an opposite um, setup, right? Where one's portal and thirty inch, thirty six inch tires or forty six inch tires, and the other ones you know thirty twos, thirty threes hauling ass in the desert, they're kind of opposite, and. We, we thought, well, why not? Why does it have to be opposite? Why do you have to drive 15 miles an hour with 40s because it won't go through the whoops on the East Coast? Or why would a desert guy uh, uh, feel like he can't do portals because that would keep him from doing 60 in the turns of the whoops? I mean, we, we didn't see a reason why it wouldn't work. So that build was was awesome in our, our opinion because we combined the East Coast mentality with the West Coast mentality and we're able to prove that you can run portals and big tire, high ground clearance, fast through the whoops in the desert environment. You could crawl rocks, you can go put it in low and just go jeeping if you wanted to. It would do all of it and, and I don't think that a lot of people understand that it is possible to do both. I, I think that uh, we might have to do another one of these, Jared. <laughs> I know, right? We, we, need to, we need to really drive that point home. Well, it's okay. You can have a portal vehicle that rides good. 
I'm totally only, cool. I'm only going to do it if I can, if I can, you can guarantee more helicopter rides, Justin. <laughs> well, we're always looking for excuses to do that. I mean, it doesn't take much of an excuse. You remember. No, no, it didn't take much of an excuse. I don't. So we like to do this thing where we, for all of our Project episode, Project X episodes, we like to do something fun. And that's arrive to the facility and some sort of uh, sports car or lifted truck or something different. And right. Justin up offered up the opportunity to arrive at shock therapy in a helicopter. And <laughs> that was totally new. And uh, we took full advantage of that. In fact, I think we did two rides. We, we went out just for fun once and then we actually uh filmed for the show and uh i'm gonna let people in on your secret that you actually commute to work in the helicopter most days yeah that that'll all of a sudden make me a pariah <laughs> i think <laughs> but it's not like it's big i'm sorry i should say it's not like a big fancy helicopter or whatever it's pretty small and uh it's uh a pretty maneuverable helicopter. You're not actually feeling like you're uh, doing some long distance stuff, but you're like, hey man, it cuts my commute down by like, you know, 15 minutes, to, you know, cuts it by like half an hour to just 15 minutes or something like that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in helicopter land, we got the biggest POS you could buy. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, in, in driving back and forth to work land, that's, it's a, a lifesaver. You know, I live out of town. Remember, we started the company out there and that's where we did all of our testing. And I'm, I'm 45 minutes out of town. And I, uh, I'm like, you know, I really like the quiet out here, but I really hate the drive. So looked into a bunch of stuff and started flying and started doing helicopters. And I'll tell you this, I mean, helicopters are way cooler than airplanes because they can go wherever the hell they want. They want. And I got hooked pretty quick and started flying back and forth. And so now my 45 minute drive is 11 minutes. But the side benefit is we use the piss out of that thing. I mean, it is what we use for testing. It's what we use for video. It's it's what we use to dial in vehicles instead of drones. Um, one of the reasons that we don't use very many drones for video footage or testing anymore is that the, typically they're not fast enough and they're not gonna keep up past 35 mile an hour. They do have you know high-speed drones that'll do 60, 70 mile an hour, but they don't have great cameras. Well, you can't and, chase for a long ways. Your your range is limited. That's probably the biggest. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And, and a lot of times we're doing a test that might run through whoops, then riverbeds, you know, washes, then rocks, and then back. And we like to see how everything works in all of those aspects. So the helicopter thing, it's, it's a personal benefit. Uh, it's a company benefit. It's a tuning and testing benefit. But let's be honest; it's just cool, it's and just we're just cool. looking for right. ways to right. go to fly I agree. more. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And what what I found besides cruising around over the lake nearby, um, it's a lot of fun. Is you notice how quickly in Arizona that you get out into the desert uh, right away, and you see all the places to ride out there. Uh, within minutes. And that is, for people who haven't been out to Arizona, that is one reason why people love living out there, not only just the weather, but the access to so many riding locations um, right outside the metro. It's, um, it, it, it's hard to describe. A lot of people don't understand that you can leave your house, drive out your backyard, and go straight through the desert from Phoenix to Flagstaff to the Grand Canyon and further. It's all trails. You can do it if you want to. And if you're in town, UTVs are legal to drive on the street. I mean, literally legal. No helmet. Get in the car and go. And that's why I call, I'm, I don't even call them UTVs anymore. They're cars to me or, you know, race cars or whatever they are. Right. But you get in it and you leave your house and you, you do like five signals down the asphalt. Then you get off, drive off the curb into the dirt and you're at a, at a old town mining bar two hours later, 30 miles north of town through the mountains and great trails, there's a ton of places you can go in every direction from here. What are your, some and, of your Justin, what are some of your favorite places in Arizona to ride? Gosh, you know, I, I used to hit them all. Now, now we're so busy. It, it seems like I, I never really have time, but back in the day, I could leave my house where we started the company, uh, literally out the back gate and we had our test area, which is a five mile loop right there. And then just north of that is north of Carefree Highway and Castle Hall Hot Springs Road, which 
is a kind of a famous resort north of Lake Pleasant. And from there, go to Crown King. From there to Sedona, which is uh, fairly famous for most people to go and visit. Mm -hmm. And from Sedona to Flag, uh, stay the night in Flag. And then go from there to the Grand Canyon and back and do a three-day run. Never, Never see asphalt. All dirt. And just have one hotel and flag and do a three-day deal. It's amazing. And uh, you didn't have to carry much fuel. Definitely carry a lot of beer. But, you know, that that kind of stuff, you really can't repeat in very many states. And um, it's really cool when you bring a lot of friends and uh, everybody's UTVs ride really good. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> no, no, that's okay because, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, people often ask me because they know they get to travel around the country, whereas favorite place to ride and and I'll, I'll generally tell them the southwest utah arizona maybe nevada because of the amount of options and the distances that you can go and the directions that you can go it is i don't call it limitless but it is it's extensive i mean you can just go and go and go and go yeah i think you nailed um one really important thing when when i got to leave the state and go to some other riding and say north carolina tennessee um, Texas, Louisiana, a little bit um, up north, but not very much up there. What what really struck me is that is the that the trails were short. I mean, it's like 15 minutes and you're done, or 30 minutes turn around. Um, there, or or every five minutes you have to go through a speed zone or a narrow zone or a, a, a restricted area. Out here, I mean, that's completely foreign to us. There's nothing in the way. There's no there's no fence lines really. There's no no areas where a town doesn't let you drive through. So it's just as fast or as slow as you want to go uh, for as long as you want to go. Pretty much in Arizona, and um, it was kind of a, a thing that I had to learn that was different in other states, uh, having grown up here. So no doubt, no doubt. Speaking of places to ride, if you haven't had a chance to check out Polaris Adventures, head to their website and plan your next off road adventure. They've got a ton of them in Arizona and in, in Nevada and things like that, but they do have them all over the country. As they say, from Maui to Maine, Polaris Adventures has over 100 outfitters across the country. And then, of course, uh, you know, if you're going to ride, you got to have tunes, and that's where Rockford Fosgate comes in handy. They're also in Arizona, just down the street from you guys, uh, not very far as well. And uh, Rockford was at our shop today, dropping off one of their new custom car builds that you're going to see next year's show circuit. Are, are, were they? They have been taking yep. our Project X build that we did with them, uh, and uh, they take that thing everywhere. That thing has got the one with almost 60 speakers in it. They take that. I saw that at the Sand Show, and they take it to just about every outdoor show that they they attend they take that vehicle too and uh it is quite the magnet to bring people in when you've got a system that's uh uh that loud i got to sit in one the other day that they dropped off and if i had long hair then it would have been floating above my head (laughs) it was just rocking unbelievable that is that is um that is amazing now um you mentioned your your you know it, tracking down Justin and scheduling him for a podcast not the easiest thing to do. So I appreciate you coming on the show because you're also you're also racing quite a bit, not just yep. running shock therapy and making sure everything was going. You're all racing, and we're kind of in the middle of of, of uh, uh, race season, are we not? Yeah, um, we just had the Baja 1000 uh, two weeks ago, um, and other than that, then we have a little bit of a hiatus until. Um, the first week in January, but, uh, yeah, the racing schedule is pretty heavy. Uh, I I mean, we have, we run about, uh, between 12 and 13 races a year. Um, we use racing as a combination of, it is a ton of fun to do and testing parts. And we, we throw all of our new stuff on race cars and pre-runners and go run the piss out of it. That way our customers know it's, you know, we don't even put something to market until we've got six or 7,000 race miles on it. And, um, but, but racing's a ton of fun. At the 1000, we were uh, top three for 490 miles of it. And we were pacing uh, Phil Blurton. We were pacing um, all the uh, Brandon Sims and his Pro R and a whole bunch of other pro teams. And uh, at race mile 520, we double flatted on the same rock in a silt bed at night. 
and we carry one spare. So it was really hard to get another tire up to the team. Oh. Took us and a half hours to get a tire up there. Is is literally the the worst spot on the cor- on the course to get access to. So two and a half hours of downtime. We ended up finishing eighth, but we had no problems with the car other than that. So we're pretty proud of number one finishing the one thousand, and and number two we had the good pace until that time. But the next race for us is uh, Parker two fifty, which we are a title sponsor of with Fox. And uh, there's going to be a live stream of qualifying for that. There's going to be a live stream of the race, and there'll be a full TV show edited in on uh, Fox Sports on uh, two weeks after. So if anybody gets a chance to watch that, it's a really fun to wait race to watch because everybody is absolutely pinned, 250 miles floored, and uh, there's a lot of carnage and a lot of fast stuff. Now where, where can they live stream that? You know, uh, if you go to the Best in the Desert website, the week of the race, which would be January 5th, 6th, and 7th, then they will have directions to get you to the stream locations and links so you can watch multiple cameras. What's really cool is you can pick the in-car camera for our car and you can see what we're doing on the spot. Like, and you can hear our intercom stuff. So my brother's my navigator. We get along really good. But the conversation is crazy. I mean, if we come up on a guy that won't get out of our way, there's a sh- there's a lot of cussing <laughs> and a lot of comments about the guy's driving and maybe his mom and you know I don't know his kids until we get by him and then all of a sudden everything's great. Yeah. So the mood goes up and down like crazy. It's fun to watch. Now, when it comes to the Baja, are you are you driving the whole race? Or are you uh, handing off and, and swapping out drivers? Um, typically, and for the last uh, 16 years, I've Ironman the race, which means driving the whole thing. Um, this particular race, we invited Sean Geyser from Geyser Performance to come in, and he drove the second half. It's actually the first time that I shared a drive uh, on a 1000, and it was kind of nice because I got to go to sleep at night instead of going for you know 24 hours straight. I know, right. I know. Now, was that a, a loop or was that a point-to-point? A loop race, okay. uh, which is a whole lot easier to race, yeah. a lot less expensive in time. And for us, it's mostly time. But this year, they're going to do a peninsula run, and they're going to make it even harder. This year, they're going to do a peninsula run in reverse. So instead of starting in Ensenada and going south, oh we're going to have everybody start in La Paz uh, or, or farther down. We don't know the actual race course yet, but all the way at the bottom and come all the way up. Oh. That makes the pre-running and the prep and everything twice as much. Yeah. Yeah. Whose idea is that? Oh, somebody who hates racers. Yeah. Gary. <laughs> right? I, I think in score, man, there's been so many races where um, we're like 200 miles from the end or 100 miles from the end. We've done 800 miles. we got 100, 100 to go. And the last 100 is the worst, roughest, slowest, like painful needles in the eye portion of the course you could ever do. Yeah. And I guarantee you whoever creates the course does it on purpose. They just want to see who can do it. And, and they, just, they just want to slap you with a bunch of more bunch more mud when you're not ready. Brutal. So I think they do it on purpose, man. It's definitely uh, a conspiracy. Now, there's 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 one race incident that I, I want you to share the story because not everyone knows the sh- story. Um, I'm sure people in the race world do. But uh, something happened to you on the course like a year ago or so. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I love a good steakhouse, but I really don't like running into cows uh, on the race course. Let me just put it that way. Well, it was it was the Parker 250 last year, and that is the race that's coming up. So we're almost to a, a year anniversary of this. But we were at the race, um, and we were doing really good. We were actually physically in second place, and uh, we had about 25 miles to go in the race, and we and and. Um, you know, whenever you're in the car and you're almost done and you're like, hey, it's going pretty good. We're going to do great. Yay. And you start high-fiving your buddy. That's when things go bad. Right. So we decided after this race to never talk about it until the race is over. But we're 20 miles from the end of the Parker race and we're on a straightaway. And uh, we were doing about 91, 92 miles an hour, pretty much pinned accelerating up and bushes on either side of the course, and a cow juts out in front of us, um, half a second reaction. I mean, we barely even knew it was a cow before we hit it. And we we plowed that thing and we went flying, man. It was 
Uh, we don't know how many rolls. The, the video is inconclusive, but somewhere in the eight to 10, 12 rolls um, at 90 miles an hour, we went about 400 feet between where we hit the cow and where we stopped. And, uh, but, you know, miraculously, and because of the safety and the rules involved in Best in the Desert, um, the, we were perfectly fine. The cage had no issues. The chassis was intact. I mean, it was missing everything on the outside of it. There pretty much wasn't a wheel and tire or fender on it, but we, uh, we got out of the car, we were perfectly fine. And we looked down next to us as we got out of the car and there's this cow horn literally sitting right next to all the broken parts on the ground. I'm like, that's kind of weird. So I picked it up and we go walking back and go to find the cow and to find out that's the horn off the cow we hit, flew through the air with us. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it was it, it was a pretty good hit. I mean, after the fact, you don't even realize how bad it is till you look at video. Yeah, where can people see that video? You know, if you go to our YouTube channel, which is Shock Therapy something, something, something on YouTube, I forget what it is, yep. Shock Therapy LLC, I think. And uh, take a look at the screenshots. You'll see a, a picture of a cow in front of the race car, and it's a Parker 250 from last year. Check it out. It's uh, it's pretty intense. We didn't have time to react, man. We were just along for the ride. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Well, what uh, you guys, obviously, your, your business is banging. You're, you're racing like crazy, uh, busy doing a ton of stuff. What is the, the, the plans for, for the future of shock therapy? Um, great question. We have a ton of stuff going on. Um, one, of the, one of the quickest things that I can talk about is our new location in North Carolina. Um, coming up in the uh, next year in February, we'll be opening up Shock Therapy North Carolina. It is in Huntersville, which is about 10 miles north of Charlotte and about 15 miles south of Mooresville, NASCAR hub and central, right? Right. And um, that location is going to be doing shock work in Springs. It's going to have a full inventory and retail showroom. And you can go over there and talk to our techs. You can talk to me. I'll be there in and out quite a bit. And um, we have a full setup there. Now, one of the coolest things is that that location is going to be shipping components that you order off the website and cutting our shipping in half. So if you are on the East Coast or at least east of the Mississippi and order any components, it'll ship out of the North Carolina location. And if you normally had $100 in shipping because you ordered a bunch of heavy stuff, that's gonna be about 40 bucks. And if you wanna ship our shocks to us, your shocks to us, it's not a $200 shipping anymore. It's gonna be about 50, 60 bucks and cut the shipping time in half, and we can turn that stuff around much quicker. Awesome. Plus, How long has that been in the works? We're gonna, you know, we've been working on that pretty much all of this year. And we spent six months choosing a location, and uh, we spent the last six months organizing and building the workbenches and shipping and um, all the pallet racking and forklifts and showrooms and stuff. We've been working pretty heavily on that, and we're, we're getting to where it's just about done. And if you, uh, if you, if you order anything off the site, it can ship from there and cut things in half. It can, you can go over there and drop off your car physically if you want to. And there's gonna be some secret stuff coming out of there. There's actually a division of engineering that's gonna be based there. And we're gonna be pushing out new products faster than ever in the past. It's things that might have taken five years, as we talked about in the beginning of this, that is gonna be cut down to a year. So new ideas get funneled through the pipeline much faster because of this. It's a good thing all the way around, especially for the industry. That's awesome, man. Good for you guys. Congrats on uh, uh, that, because I, I know that when I've talked to people all the time, and, and much like yourself and you guys are out on the, on the West Coast, the, the biggest goal for a lot of uh, off-road companies is branching out and getting people on the Midwest and the East Coast and all those riders familiar with their product. Yeah, you know, being in the Southwest, we know from our customers' conversations that they kind of, you know, treat us as a West Coast tuner. You know, we, like in their mind, we only know desert and dunes. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. We, we do all of it. And with that location on the East Coast, we're gonna launch a whole list of new products that are East Coast riding based. You know, tunes, spring packages, shock packages for East Coast riding, um, mud, portal, trail, um, a, a list of uh, 
utility UTV products. They're coming out for Defender and Ranger and uh, General. You know, one of my favorite vehicles is a General. And we've got a slew of stuff that's going to be launched with that North Carolina location. So if any of you guys are listening to this and you're you're east of the Mississippi, then get ready. We've got a, a list of stuff coming out. Awesome, man. Awesome. Any big plans for the holidays? You know, I'm going to try. <laughs> this is the busiest time of year for us between uh, working in uh, Glamis for Halloween, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, New Year's, pres- Presidents. And then uh, probably six races during that one that three month period. I don't think that I actually sleep at home on the weekends for a, about. Uh, I think my wife told me nine weeks. <laughs> so come the end of this month, I'm gonna I'm gonna crawl up in a hole and pretend I don't even have a phone and uh, take a week off. I hope that's we'll great. Out. That's great. Well, it's a it's a busy time for us too as the calendar turns and we get back on the road doing some filming. And I know that. Shock therapy is certainly uh, part of our plans for a couple of our Project X builds. So uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing uh, either you or your product uh, while we're out on the road. You're going to be back in town at the beginning of next year, man. We're looking forward to it. I am going to be going to be yeah. I'm going to be out at Sandcraft um, at the end of February. Yep, John and Brett, we already talked to. We're going to be involved in that build. We're super excited to do that. Um, Working with you guys is a ton of fun every single time. I just don't know if I can run marathons between the hotel room and the filming shop. (laughs) I did run six miles this morning. So, yes, uh, yeah. By the time I get back out there, I should be in uh, some pretty solid uh, half marathon plus shape. I'll I'll one-up you with drinking six beers today instead of running six miles. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Justin, thanks so much for uh, for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate it. Always good to chat and uh, wish you a good and happy and uh, healthy holidays this year. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have been here. And Jared, it's always fun working with you, man. Happy holidays to everybody and yourself. Uh, excited to have been here. All right. Thanks, Justin. Take care, man. Today's podcast was brought to you by Assault Industries. If you want to personalize your vehicle, then check out Assault. They design and manufacture high-performance accessories for your off-road vehicle. Every time a new machine comes out, Assault is right there launching new parts and accessories to go along with it. They've got a ton of products uh, for your off-road vehicle. And by Quad Boss. Quad Boss has been around for two decades. They make super dependable parts. Whether you're a rider, rancher, farmer, or hunter, they make work feel like play. And of course, if you're going to add all these accessories we talk about, then full throttle batteries are your battery of choice. Just like with Rockford, we use full throttle in a bunch of our Project X builds because they are powerful enough to handle all the extra audio, lighting, you name it. From professional racers to weekend warriors, full throttle battery is your battery of choice. Well, that does it for another edition of the Destination Players Podcast and another season of the Destination Players Podcast because we are going to wrap up 2020 and look forward to all the exciting things happening next year. We will talk to you soon. Take care. Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process from design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side by side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com.